Luke. We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. <laughs> Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. It is Wolf and Luke here on a Wednesday morning. You're right, too, Wolf. Just uh, just because we did the power poll, now I know it's Wednesday. <laughs> this is We're back. It's that time of year, right? I think a lot of yeah. sports fans are this way. When you get to like late summer, fall, winter... You kind of just remember what day of the week it is based on uh, on football. Yeah, you know, for me personally, right now, every Wednesday, even in the off season, every Wednesday, it's like, oh, game plan day. I wonder what we're going to talk about in the team meeting today. Every day's I mean, game plan day for you. Still, right now, I'm fat and fifty nine, and yet still thinking about team meetings and game plan day on a Wednesday. Have you seen? Did you have you looked ahead to what the, the Thursday night game is? I, I have not. Listen, this, really? is, this is the rule. This is the rule right here. You take one day at a time. You focus on the day at hand. One day at a time. Look, look at you. Tomorrow. You're already. I'm already focused Well, that's on part tomorrow. of your problem right now. Probably You're all is. over the I, place. I You're I'm, constantly evaluating and reevaluating. That's right. You're, you're, you're going through the process of, of the day and rehashing the process. And I'm also looking ahead to tomorrow night because as far as Thursday night games go, Chiefs-Chargers is pretty good. Which is why you're probably on top of a lot of things as well. well Your powers of observation are pretty good. But but I would say I'm on top of the Thursday night game tomorrow. That is that is a, a must-see game. This is not, hey, Houston and Jacksonville are getting their game in on Thursday night. <laughs> no, no, this is Chiefs-Chargers tomorrow, so that should be a good one. Uh, all right, over to basketball and to the Phoenix Suns story that uh, broke yesterday. I mean, I guess it originally broke back in November, but uh, the NBA putting out their findings yesterday and Robert Sarver getting the one-year suspension, the $10 million fine. This is Richard Jefferson on NBA Today. I know multiple former Phoenix Suns players, obviously from, from, from our job and what we do and just different guys that I know. None of, none of this surprised any of them. When the story came out from Baxter Holmes, it was like, oh yeah, that sounds about right. Or I would hear stories before this. So there, there in my opinion, there probably should have been more players speaking up, not just the employees. And I, I know that this included players, and I know there wasn't a ton of players that, that, that put their like names and, and, and ideas behind it, but I know that there were a ton of players that had experiences. These are just the things that show up in the report. They didn't get everything in the report. They just got what people were willing to tell them because I know that there was so much more. I do not believe that Robert Sarber should be uh, running an NBA team. That's just the ND, that's just the NBA fact. I'm from Phoenix. I know what he's accomplished there. I know that there's not a lot of love lost there from what he's done over the past 15, 20 years from owning the team. Boy, who was that right there? That was Richard Jefferson. It was Richard Jefferson, man. Um, okay, Richard Jefferson, some strong opinions on Robert Sarver right there. It is a surprise to me that you've got a guy like Richard Jefferson. And if, in fact, he is accurate on all this stuff, which I'm not saying he isn't accurate, why in the world did the league with their investigation and how long was that investigation? I mean, ten months. how in the world... Did they just give him a one-year suspension and a $10 million fine if Richard Jefferson is correct? Well, you know, 
maybe what he just said in there, part of that is is part of it, that there were a lot of, uh, if there's a lot of players or former players, I should say, that feel that way, but they don't speak up, then the NBA really can't, what is the NBA going to do with right. that? Yeah, you can't go like, well, this guy said, this guy said, this guy said something. Like, right. Okay, well, if he doesn't say it to me, what am I supposed to do with it? Exactly. So what is the league to do? But I would say to Richard Jefferson, well, and, and he basically said that yesterday. We had a, a, a cut from Richard Jefferson yesterday where he said basically the NBA did about as much as they can do. He's one of the few guys I've heard say that. So I'm guessing it's an extension of what he was just saying right there. Uh, I do wonder, though, Wolf, you know, how this next year looks like, first of all, who's running the team for, for the next year? You know, if you want to go out there and make a big free agent signing or, you know, maybe you're not going to do that during the, the season, but free agency next year, Robert Sarver's still suspended, right? July 1st rolls around, he's still suspended. Yeah. Who's signing off on, on any big moves you're going to make? You know, I, I'm sick of this name too, but what if Kevin Durant becomes available midseason and you're about to pull off a franchise-altering move? <laughs> oh, man. Who signs off on that? Yeah. That's not going to happen. Okay, but <laughs> right, no, I, I get your point. Any, your any point. sort of trade though that comes it. up. What, what if? What if it's not even Kevin Durant? What if? I don't think this would happen. But what if we get midway through the season and the situation with DeAndre Ayton just isn't where they want it, and they're just like, "Look, we've got teams that want Da. He's willing to to waive his yeah. his uh, his right to to block a trade, and we're going to trade him on February eighth or something." You don't have an owner to sign off on that. Like somebody's got to be put in place. Yeah, I don't know who is actually going to be taking over the day to day activities. So it's not I, you. I, I would imagine for me, it's going to be Jason Rowley, right? That's I, I, what I would imagine. I, I don't know. Though. You know, again, that's just a guess, um, a pure speculation once again. But That's all we have right now. Um, yeah, that's all we have. And, uh, you know, that remains to be seen. For me, it's always been about the players. It has always been about the players. How do the players feel about this? Because that's going to be a lasting impact. That's going to impact this season. How are the players? Are they okay going forward? Are they okay with the ruling that has come down, the findings of the league? It was one thing to be able to dismiss that as a player. Uh-huh. Dismiss the findings of the league just saying, listen, we're going to let the process handle itself. Yeah. We're going to let the process take care of itself because we trust the league. We trust Adam Silver. We trust them to go and investigate this and get it right because the, the NBA PA was going to be right there as well. They're involved in this. Well, and it's the right way to handle it, too. Like when James Jones back in November saying, okay, well, the stuff in this ESPN story doesn't match the person I know. Yes, to correct. Be. That's 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 what you're supposed to say. I mean, if that's if that's truly the situation, that's what you're supposed to say. You're not supposed to be like, well, I read the story on ESPN, so I hate this guy now. No. Like, if you haven't no. seen it, you can't just make that jump. But to your point, I think it's a little bit different. In November, when it's like, here's a story from Baxter Holmes about our team, right, as our season is starting. Okay, I, right. you know, I'm paying attention, but I'm not going to let it dictate how I how I function this year. That's a little bit different than a 43-page finding from the league. Bingo, right there. Now we've got resolution on this, and they have something where they can actually pick it apart, believe it, or reject it, do whatever they want. But what is a player going to do? Because this will impact players going forward, and that's the fascinating part to me, uh, I think I think this is going to dissipate going forward with the players. And the reason why I say that is because right now um, it's just pure speculation on my part. 
but maybe this is one of the reasons why it took so long. But Adam Silver has been talking to these guys, correct? They've been vetting this the entire process. They've they've told them what happened, what they found in the investigation, what the punishment is going to be, correct? They correct. They've told them this, and they know. There's no way Adam Silver is going to make the announcement and Chris Paul's going to get the announcement when we get the announcement. There's no way that's going to happen. So, again, was there an agreement that was already in place? It makes sense to me because why in the world would Adam Silver go ahead and hand the punishment down? One year suspension, $10 million, and then only do that in the name of getting ripped by Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and every other guy on the team. Well, that's a fair point. And I don't want to go full conspiracy theory here, but if what you're saying is right, I wonder how long some people like Chris Paul have had a feeling of what was coming out right. in this finding. Like, are we right. talking two days? Are we talking months? Uh, when we come back, the Cardinals have gone 1-6 in, in their last seven games. So as simple as it sounds, how much would just winning a game on Sunday solve for this team? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Byron Murphy, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I saw Murphy coming. This spring, he was different. His body was different. His mindset was different. Lee Flicker pitching it back to Lawrence. He's in trouble. Jump ball pass picked off near side by Murphy at the 30, running it back to the left of the 20, 10, 5, touchdown. Now he's a leader in that room, showing young guys how to prepare, take care of their bodies. It's just been awesome to see his progression, and the results are being shown on the field. DB's on three. One, two, three. DB's. Let's go. Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals. Now. Cardinals Raiders on Sunday from Las Vegas. Have you been to that stadium yet? No. I've been I've been by the outside of the stadium. And it looks like a giant it just looks like a big toy, which is saying something in Vegas, but it okay. really does. Because I think it's just because it's so new and the way it's like constructed. Anybody that's going to the game, first of all, enjoy your road trip to Vegas this weekend, whoever's going. I know you're going, but uh but anybody, any fans out there that are going. And secondly, it just it it really it looks like one of those um those little like vacuum cleaners that just goes around and vacuums in your oh, house by itself. That's what oh, it looks okay. Like. A yeah. Roomba. Yeah, it looks like a right? Roomba. Well, look at you pulling the Roomba. No, I'm reference. just saying. Oh, well, a Roomba. I mean, you know, you you love the little guy. Well, it does all the work. And all of a sudden, it just he just works and he he bangs into stuff yeah. and moves around. I love the fact he's so effective. <laughs> so he's kind of like the wedge buster of the household appliances. It's beautiful, man. It's Job serious. gets done, but he just runs into things. You know, and when he done. gets tired, he goes home. <laughs> Perfect. And he lets everybody know. He plays that little song, and he's like, I'm going home. Well, that's what the Raiders <laughs> uh, stadium looks like. So just be, uh, be ready for that on Sunday. Well, if we were talking about this before the show, one and six in your last seven games raises a lot of questions. It certainly it, it gives it puts a number on how frustrating the really last nine months have been if you're a Cardinals fan. Now, a lot of that is offseason, but, you know, for effect, it's one and six over basically nine months. Um but it also it also really kind of sets the stage for one of the most basic things in sports. Sometimes a win. I'm not going to say it would solve everything for the Cardinals, but it sure would solve a lot, wouldn't it? If they could go into Vegas and beat the Raiders. On yeah, Sunday. yeah. You know, honestly, it would be huge. I think um, they do play well, very well. I would say on the road, but just getting to one and one, um, coming off of the loss and the way that they lost. 
to the Kansas City Chiefs. That, to me, would give them an awful lot of confidence going forward. Now, again, when I say an awful lot of confidence, um, I realize it's only two games. Two games that they would have played. But going on the road, it feels, it does. And why is that? Once again, Luke, I was just going to say it, but why is that? Because... It's the extremes for me. It's the extremes of going 10-2 and two last season as of December yes. 5th. Okay, you beat the yes. Chicago Bears. That was the game James Conner had, like, the spinning touchdown catch, right? Remember, he caught it and then sprinted down the field. Beat the Bears December 5th. You are 10-2. and two. Since that moment, the, the Cardinals are 1-6. and six. The only good moment you've had since beating the Bears December 5th yes. was that, that game against Dallas See, on January 2nd. And that's exactly why I was going to say that, because it felt like an extension of last year, did it not? Yep. Now, can I just tell you something, Basin Onions, right now? If I'm inside that locker room, if I am... There's no way in the world I want anyone talking about last year. This is not last year. It's not last year. It's not the playoff game. This is this year, 2022, right now. What are you going to do this year, right now? I'm serious. I don't want to hear anyone talking about last year and how we started last year and how we finished last year. All that talk was good in the offseason. It was great, as a matter of fact. But a new season has begun. And you've got to quit talking about last year. This is a year-to-year proposition in the NFL. It's about this year. What are you going to do about it this year? No, I'm not really worried about last year or what happened at home last year. That, that's what I think was so frustrating for the fan base is because the fans were ready to put last year behind them. Okay, yeah, it was frustrating. Cardinals fans were very upset going into and coming out of that playoff game oh, last yeah. year. But I think I feel like for the most part, by and large, they were ready. Okay, new season. Let's see how we go. And and the first game feeling like an extension of last year. Sunday's game was not, hey, you know, Chiefs, Cardinals, back and forth, great quarterback duel, final score, Chiefs win 33-27 or something like that. It wasn't that. That would have felt like, okay, new season. It felt like, especially in the first half, the third half of the Rams game. Yeah. And so now it brings all yeah. this stuff back up. And so to come full circle on this conversation, Wolf, the best way to put last year in the rearview mirror is to win a game. Yes. Just Yes. I know it sounds so simple, but just win a game. And that's exactly what we're talking about right now. And that's the reason why Game 2, for at least the Arizona Cardinals, Game 2 is critical. Uh, I'm not going to say must-win situation. I'm not. But it's critical right now. Going in there and actually winning the benefits to this team going forward, I think, would be incredible. Uh, I think it would early on in this season. Now, once again, I, I, I think we're looking at a six-week schedule right now. Can the Cardinals get to 3-3 three and three somehow, some way? Can they get to 3-3? Three and three? Because I think right now, every Cardinal fan that is out there, I think Michael Bidwell right now, I think Steve Kime would take 3-3 three and, three and run like a banshee yeah. if you told him that was going to be the case. Six weeks of not having DeAndre Hopkins. And somehow, someway, you're at 500, knowing that, hey, now maybe we're going to play better. Yeah, I think you'd take that run. Yeah, I'd take it, considering also how how the game went on Sunday, the injuries you have had, how everything just seems kind of disconnected right now. If you could turn it around 3-3, three and three, obviously means 3-2 and two in your next five games. And I think... Honestly, Wolf, again, I'm not saying must win either, but if you want to get to three and three, 
Winning Sunday would go a long way towards that because the schedule the rest of the way without Hopkins is the Rams on uh, on on uh, September 25th. Cardinals go to Carolina in week four. They host Philadelphia in week five. They go to Seattle in week six. There are some very winnable games in there, yeah. but not if you're playing the way you played on Sunday. It doesn't matter who I could I could read you. They're they're playing Alabama. Like you need to be able to play. You got to be playing like the Cardinals, not like the, like the Cardinals want to play. Yeah. not like whatever we saw against the Chiefs. You know, at least the Raiders are a little banged up as well. And I hate even talking about injuries for the most part and who's going to win and who's going to lose because of injuries right now because the Arizona Cardinals are all banged up as we all know and have seen and witnessed throughout training camp and preseason right now into the regular season they're all banged up but you know it could be a fair fight because of the Raiders their offensive line is banged up as well the secondary for the Raiders is all banged up so we're gonna have to see what happens but winning this game would have a huge impact on the first half of the season there are some similarities between these teams that go beyond that. Now, if you're going big picture back to last year and just what it would do for the fan base and I think for the psyche of the team, the Cardinals need to win more than the Raiders. The Raiders were just in the playoffs last year. But if you're looking at just who's going to be desperate, the Cardinals are obviously going to be dead. They should be desperate. I don't think we're going to be talking about a sense of urgency on Monday, I hope. Uh, but you're not catching some team like, I don't know, Seattle that maybe won in week one that didn't that wasn't expected to. Yeah. You're catching a Raiders team that lost to a division rival, and after the Cardinals, they go to Tennessee, host Denver, and go to Kansas City. Yeah. So they need to win as well in their division. You know, it's interesting you bring up the, the sense of urgency thing once again, because can I just be skeptical and be skeptical on this uh, intentionally? Because I want to be. Because the NFL is a meritocracy, and it's the biggest prove-it proposition on the face of the earth, to me at least, and my way of thinking, I want to prove it. I want to see the Arizona Cardinals adopt that mentality of prove it. So you know what? That sense of urgency right now, after, after lacking a sense of urgency in week one against the Kansas City Chiefs, how that's possible, I don't understand that. I asked Cliff about that when we talked to him on Monday. I don't understand that kind of thinking at all. And Cliff cited it as well. You're going to have to prove to me that you can create a sense of urgency. That you can go out there and play with intensity and tap into the rage tree and ball out in between those white lines. You're going to have to prove it, man. And you should relish the opportunity if you're inside that locker room to do just that. They're a weird team right now. And and you're going to have two two sort of constants for them over the last year or so coming into play and, and, and conflicting with each other on Sunday. Because the Cardinals tend to play better when they are being overlooked. But they also seem to really struggle when things aren't going well. You know, last season, yeah, we're 3-0. Well, now we're 4-0. Well, now we're 5-0. Well, now we're 6 The second they started losing games, they started losing all the games. And here we are again to start this season. I, I, It would do a lot, not just for the win, but it would do a lot to see the Cardinals respond to a really bad week one by coming out and playing like a much better team in week two just to see some resiliency from this team because it's been lacking over the last uh, seven games that we've seen them play. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what are we watching when the Cardinals offense takes the field Sunday in Vegas? Wolf will tell you what he's watching next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. 
Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, Wolf, we got... Uh I, should, I, gotta, I gotta throw this out there. Have you seen Nathaniel Hackett's comments after the game? Yeah, I have. Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, we definitely should have gone for yeah. it. You know what? I, I, I respect that. So do I. I do. I respect Absolutely. that a lot. Now, maybe it would be different if I were a Broncos fan and I'm still livid. <laughs> I don't really care who wins the game on Monday night, but uh, but I respect him being like, you know what? Yeah, that was dumb. It's huge. <laughs> Just yeah. stepped up and said, you know what? Um, yeah, I, I messed that up. I blew that. Well done. I would say about 95% of coaches wouldn't say that. Uh, like, I think well, you're right. You, you don't understand analytics. Hey, the way somebody I give do. me BA. <laughs> <laughs> Can I give BA on the phone right now, BA? You know I love you, BA. But come on now. I don't think BA would be citing analytics. But there, uh, there's there's plenty of the. Well, you know, it's actually a better chance to kick a 75 yard field goal into a hurricane <laughs> than Russell Wilson gets two yards. Yeah, um, I think BA would have gone with his quarterback. That's the thing. Yeah, BA was he would have never been spot, in that position. So he wouldn't have to answer. All right, uh, let's let's get into the game this Sunday. Cardinals, uh, Raiders. All right, Wolf. Now where you're going here, it's it's time for what will Wolf watch? It's a what will Wolf watch Wednesday. That's a lot of W's right there. You guys are challenging me. What are you looking at specifically when you're talking about the Cardinals offense in Las Vegas? Well, let's find out, shall we? What will Wolf watch? First impressions. My goodness. Human beings size each other up quickly, Basinonians. These first impressions oftentimes become lasting impressions. We weigh, measure, and find some people wanting based on facial structure and symmetry, voice inflection, mannerisms, and general personality. Once these impressions take hold in the crevices of our minds, altering that persuasion is difficult, even when the evidence says otherwise. The Arizona Cardinals have made a very poor first impression in the 2022 season, especially the offense. Yeah, that's what I said. The offense. The defense played their first game against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I expected the Chiefs to score points. Maybe not 44 points, but a lot of points nonetheless. But I also expected Kyler Murray and the Cardinals to keep it close. That never happened. Listen, experts say anywhere from six to eight seconds for a person to create an impression of another when meeting them for the first time. That's all it takes. Six to eight seconds. It took a whole quarter for many Cardinal fans to evaluate what they saw from the Cardinals' offense. The Chiefs' defense was in the bottom third of the league last year in almost every major category, especially their rush defense. When Big Red struggled to run the ball against that front seven, most all looked at Kyler and company's efforts like they were quite for many, the 14 to nothing score at the end of the first quarter made one want to grab the rope and start ringing the bells of warning. Ladies and gentlemen, experts say observational powers of the person evaluating are just as important as the qualities projected by the target. But when the target looks like they did at the end of the 2021 season, it's hard to blame the Red Sea for their biases. 
The disappointment of the playoff loss to the Rams left its mark on Cardinal fans, radio color analysts, and talking heads nationally. Now the Cardinals are preparing to play the Las Vegas Raiders, and although it won't be a first impression in the second week of the season, Big Red would like to make a good impression in the city that never sleeps. Kyler Murray may not get a ton of sleep this week either. The Cardinals' offensive line needs to block Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, two of the best pass rushers in the game. DJ Humphreys and Kelvin Beecham have their work cut out for them. Although the Cardinals' success on offense may start with a play of their tackles, it ends with so much more. Big Red needs to run the ball better, more physically, between the tackles, allow Kyler to stand in the pocket, go through his reads, find the open receiver, and make throws without contest. If this is going to happen with regularity, physical schemes need to be called, pockets need to form, Kyler needs to be moved around, and receivers need to win on their routes. To so many people, winning in life much of the time deals with impressing the right people. Psychologists say you can modify the way you present yourself to influence other people's perceptions of you. Pay attention to how you speak, your facial expressions, your use of gestures, and your posture. Hone your storytelling skills and show a genuine interest in what others have to say. Big Red needs to speak this week in truth and conviction. They need to furl their brow and let the embarrassment of how they played smolder in their souls. Their shoulders need to be thrown back and resolve with their backs straight. Win or lose, they need to tell the true story and care about how people perceive them as men. Or our first impression will simply become our impression. Okay. Anyone else want to play here right there? Anything that is said with Metallica in the background, I feel like really. There's a little more power behind it. Are you kidding me? It doesn't get much better. (laughs) 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 Who is this chick, man? Maybe maybe that should be Cliff's pregame speech. Just play Metallica behind it. Whatever it is. I don't even care what it is. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Are you ready to go, boys? Anyone ready to go out and ball out right now? I'm Give all that you have. At this point. <laughs> no, we got to go ahead and we got to rip that and just keep it around, okay? Just keep that part of the song <laughs> around. Give everybody nightmares by just periodically rolling that through on a loop. That, that should actually be the update music. Like That should be the bed when okay. somebody steps in to do an update. <laughs> Imagine Yo, Jim just yelling oh over that. Oh, my goodness. Jim would just take off. The intensity level be way too Can we much. just play that as the update bed without him knowing? Is way there, is there a way like, okay, yeah, okay, here's uh, here's Eric Ruby with, uh, with your sports update, and all of a sudden that song, that bed just plays for a minute and a half? I don't think he'd miss a beat. I think he'd just get louder. The memory remains. All right, we come back. We'll switch gears over to baseball. We're going to talk to D-backs assistant GM Mike Fitzgerald. He joins us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 
home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Diamondbacks front office focus with Wolf and Luke. Presented by Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing. G-O-E-T-T-L. It'll keep you cool, but it's hard to spell. Gettle.com. At 21 games remain for the Arizona Diamondbacks, including one this evening at Chase Field against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line is D-backs assistant GM Mike Fitzgerald. Mike, we I think this might be the first time we've spoken to you this season after a loss, but how are you doing today? <laughs> doing all right, doing all right. Yeah, the, uh, the earlier run seems to have uh, come to an end coming into today, but uh, that's all right. We'll, we'll figure out how to get this ship right and uh, and get things back on track. So, twenty one games that remain right now. Are, are you still encouraged based on what has happened and what has transpired since the All Star break? Definitely. But um, well, we talked about this earlier in the year and, and trying to steal kind of the the trajectory of the crosstown or I guess across the street stunts. Um and and kind of how they responded in bubble play and, and having that be. If anything, I would bet kind of proven to themselves that they can hang in that league and, and take a big step forward. And obviously, with the finals from the next year, and so um, you know, we want to try to build off a similar analogy here. Can, can we be playing our best baseball as we move into the second half? And obviously, the, the last eight games or so have, have proven some challenges, but there's still 21 opportunities to go out there, try to be one and zero every night. As cliche as it sounds, committing to that mentality. Um, you know, can, can be difficult. And so practicing that and, and being able to carry that forward. And was that some good, strong performances by some of the young guys? We're obviously rolling forward with an inexperienced group in a lot of ways, but it's good to see their growth and development and, and not have that just come at the expense of, of the on-field production, but in a lot of ways kind of enhance that and see the different energies that come from kind of having this, this youthful group show up and fearless in a lot of ways and still making some young mistakes that we got to move forward with and, and address, but, but at the same time, uh, confidence that when we show up on a given night, we can compete and get a W. Talking to D-backs, uh, assistant GM Mike Fitzgerald. Mike, you mentioned the young players. I know it's been a conversation we've had with you quite a bit this season. Uh, Jake McCarthy, though, in particular, even when anybody else seems to struggle, he just consistently, I mean, again, over the last week, he's hitting 412 with another home run and a couple stolen bases. And we had Mike Hazen on last week. And he did point out, you guys took him in the first round. It's, you probably aren't shocked by this, but he's he has quietly been, in some ways, maybe the most impressive of them all. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, what Jake's done, even kind of going back to getting drafted in 19, the strange COVID year that happened in 2020, he wasn't a part of that alt site that we had in 2020. I think he took that personally, uh, took that upon himself to find ways to get better. Always a really good athlete, but added a lot more strength, uh, kind of revamped his whole swing. Even last year, in a lot of ways, you know, it was kind of his first year testing out the swing adjustments that he had made against live competition. Um, and then carrying into, you know, earlier part this year, he gets sent down. The attitude that he had when he got sent down was awesome. It was, uh, I need to figure out ways to get better and, and find my game and find my identity. And I, to his credit, he's worked his butt off to do that. Um, and then when he's gotten up here, the lights haven't been too big for him. He's maintained that approach that was bringing him success in Reno. And, you know, as kind of simple as it sounds, he's just taking what the game is presenting to him, right? He's kind of the one guy that when he's up at the plate, especially with runners in scoring position, uh, there's a collective confidence that Jake's going to make the right play to try to put the team in a situation where we're scoring runs. 
Um, and, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways he's, he's been the poster child for that, you know, as good as anybody and maybe, maybe the best in the team in a lot of ways. Mike, what is his demeanor like? What's his mentality like as a person? I definitely think there's football player in him, Wolf. You know, <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, I mean, he. Uh, I want to say you got to fact check me on this one, but I'm pretty sure his <laughs> senior year in high school in Pennsylvania, the only guy to outrush him was Saquon Barkley. So I think he had six thousand career rushing yards and fifty some odd touchdowns. Yeah. Um, and that level of tenacity he he shows up with every day. Uh, on the baseball field. And even, you know, even yesterday doing things like making that play at the wall, you know, and a foul ball and a, in a four run game at the time, I think it was, and, you know, just little stuff like that. Um, I, I personally, we appreciate how he tacks every day. And I think you definitely see some of that uh, football mentality coming out on the baseball field. Talking to D-backs assistant GM Mike Fitzgerald. Mike, I want to go back to Sunday for a minute because Zach Allen set the uh, the franchise's all-time consecutive scoreless innings streak. And, you know, that, that record in itself is obviously very impressive. But bigger picture, just knowing you have a guy like Zach Gallen who is dialed in and, and you know, he can be a staff ace for the foreseeable future and, and, and beyond. What does that do for you guys when you head into the offseason, just how you structure this team? Yeah, I, we... We're big believers that starting pitching is probably the biggest building block that you need to go out and build a successful team. Um, and so having the run that Zach was on, um, obviously Merrill didn't have his best stuff last night and from a command standpoint, but even the run that he's been on this full season and even particularly in the second half, um, I, that's having those two guys going into next year, feeling like they're going to be able to eat up a good chunk of innings and every fifth night when they're taking the ball, People are going to show up at the yard with a strong belief that we get a chance to go out and get a W that night. Um, that That's really valuable. Um, it's valuable when you're going through good runs and you know that they can help extend it, and it's valuable when you inevitably hit that four-game skid and the proverbial you know stopper, you feel like you know, one of those guys can step in and do that as well. Um, so yeah, that's been really encouraging. And then the example that they set, it's been spoken about a lot. I know Strami talked about it. Tori talked about it. The effort and focus and intensity that goes in for the four days between those guys starts, it's not accidental, the performances that they're putting out there when they take the ball every fifth day. Um, and so having that be an example for the young guys to be able to see and you know, not just chalk it up to, oh, wow, those guys are really talented, but, oh, wow, those guys have earned skill and performances through their preparation – it's just a, it's a really good example for those young guys to see um, and start to dial up, see areas in which they can dial up their preparation, focus, and intensity. Mike, Dalton Versho has 24 home runs, Ron Wolfley reporting. Um, did you see this kind of pop in his bat? Did you guys know this? I think it's hard to always put a number on it, but yeah, we th- there was... Definitely explosive athleticism um, that like that people had seen for a while, um, and I think the biggest the, the home run thing is always kind of funny because it seems like the guys that hit the most of them are willing to acknowledge there's kind of a paradox there where you know if you're going up trying to hit home runs you're probably going to not hit as many as you would yeah. as opposed to if you just kind of go up put together a clean at bat. Um, take what's being presented to you, and then, you know, if you find the barrel and, and you, you put it in the air, good things are going to work out for you. Um, so, yeah, I think, obviously, the athleticism and the explosiveness was always there, and I think now Vars kind of figuring out 
his swing and, and the, the mental approach of things that he's always been really solid at, but kind of finding the balance of those two. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's translating into the 24 that he has. And, um, you know, I think the encouraging thing is he's going up there just trying to, you know, put, put a good swing on a pitch and work a good at bat. Mm. And those are kind of like beneficial byproducts um, as opposed to the, you know, let me go out and, and I'll be good with a one for five night as long as it's a homer. I think kind of the targeting the more complete hitter mentality is uh, is something that he's doing, and, he's, and it's good to see him getting reward for that also with home runs. Talking to D-backs assistant GM Mike Fitzgerald. Mike, uh, as far as Corbin Carroll, 11 games now. I know it's a very small sample size. Has a couple home runs. Has the 841 OPS. That's a pretty good start. With only 21 games left in the season, it, it's possible we don't even get to see opposing pitching really get to readjust back to him. Or if we do, maybe he doesn't have time to adjust back to them. What, what, are, you, uh, what are you looking for from him in these final few weeks? Yeah, I just I think continued... <laughs> Growth and not even so much in the performance aspect of it, um, but just kind of watching how he manages in that bat. I think it's encouraging when young guys try to play the counterpunch game and, and, and if they're going to face a starter three or four times a night, kind of showing an understanding of, oh, okay, this is how he was trying to attack me in that first at bat. Um, you know, do I want to react to that? Do I want to stay stubborn to my plan? How am I going to navigate that? Um, I think those types of things are encouraging to see. I think Corbin's doing it along with a lot of the other young guys. Um, and then kind of just bigger picture, the off, I'm figuring out what our offensive identity is, um, is potentially coming to light a little bit over these last few weeks where obviously it helps with the youth movement and we've got some good athleticism out there paired with good baseball skill. And so I just think the collective whole um, starting to – get comfortable with, all right, we're going to be a long lineup. We're going to be tough outs. When we get on the bases, we're going to put pressure on guys. We're going to be aggressive but not reckless. Um, I think he epitomizes a lot of those things and, and and is, you know, fitting in well with the rest of the group that we have that's doing that as well. And, you know, it's even kind of funny. We were laughing about it a little bit the in the Colorado series. You know, we, we got all the young guys stealing bags, and then we get Christian Walker stealing home, and Emmanuel Rivera had to steal a second. So even, you know, some of the guys that don't fit that, you know, prototype in, in some ways, um, you know, that, that, that energy and that mentality and that attitude can become contagious. And, you know, we're just trying to take advantage of opportunities for us to, you know, push the ball forward. Mike, we always appreciate your insight Thank and how straightforward you are with us, man. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Take care. Okay, buddy. That's uh, Mike Fitzgerald, D-backs assistant GM, joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. We come back. We'll kind of reset everything with all of today's top sports stories in one place. Wolf and Down Your Lunch is next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. You've been listening to Diamondbacks Front Office Focus. Presented by Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing. G-O-E-T-T-L. It'll keep you cool, but it's hard to spell. Gettle.com.